Tony and the Griff Foot 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 Footy Radio. Footy is in the grave with Tony and the Griff. Monk Monk. Hello everybody and welcome to this impromptu edition of Tony and the Griff on Footy Radio. Uh we we've returned from the dead, ironically, to celebrate the death of football as we know it, Joe. Yeah, we have. Thanks for uh, joining me, Pazza. We're we're back. It's Townie. It's the Griff. We're on our footy radio, and I have to say, it's it's a dark day for football, mate. It is a dark day for for the football. Yeah, it's a disgrace. Basically, is what it is. Yeah, I saw you initially. Well, we're recording this obviously on what day is it? Black Monday, Black the nineteenth. Black Monday. I've got me black jersey on. Don't worry, it'll be burnt. Soon as, <laughs> soon as we finish recording here, um, the day after all these announcements came out, um, I saw your tweets mm. before I made any of my own. You seemed very, very upset about it. Yeah. Um, I my tweet was a little bit bit more jokey. I'm obviously not happy about it either, and yeah. uh, we'll get we'll get into that. But um, obviously, where this all started was. Earlier in the day, I was watching the Man United Brighton match. Mm. Not Brighton, Burnley, 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 Burnley. Burnley. Uh, all those real teams. You won't have to. You won't have to remember those anymore. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, what are they now? Top four contenders in the Premier League, Burnley. Um, and news news has kind of started leaking that mm. there was a, 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 an announcement imminent. Give us your thoughts, anyway. Um. I think it's, well, it's been coming. I think people kind of look back to the start of the Premier League and the kind of Rupert Murdoch and Sky and all of that, bringing bringing money into football. But I think for me, this has come from all of the various owners taking over the clubs, the Americans, the Glazers, your your Jim Henry, whatever the fuck his name is, Boston Blue Sox. John Henry, isn't it? Whatever, mate, don't care. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Enos, our old friend Enos uh, Kroenke, um, he's involved, and then all the all the slimy fuckers on the on the continent who are you know money hungry scumbags. Yeah. Um, so what they want is basically a, a closed shop. They want a monopoly. They want to take football and package it up and slice it and dice it and sell it together with you know their tech multimedia partners and basically own the game that currently. Yeah, we want to belong to the people, to the world. And that's what they want to do. They want to take it and they want to repackage it. To me, it's like if the 10 biggest countries at the Olympics got together and said, we're going to make the super, (laughs) we're going to do the hyper Olympics and it's just going to be us 10. And we might have a couple more of you little, little ones there. Yeah. It's just going to be the big 10 and then the Olympics. Yeah. Whatever. We'll do that, you know, every other year. And that's what it's like. It's, it's just, it's infuriating, and then and you can look at the Champions League, and essentially that is a European Super League already, right? It's yeah. not. It's not just the concept of having this kind of big European Super League because that's what the Champions League is. You know, clubs fight to get promoted into the Champions League, basically, um, yeah. so they can get the kind of the real money, get the real exposure. Um, but the fact is, it it still recognises and it still maintains the integrity of a genuine sporting competition rather than the American style, which is franchise teams 
centrally controlled, owned by various owners. You know, no relegate, no real competition. It's just the same teams every year. Well, I mean, this is the thing: is the the American style. I don't think is necessarily less legitimate as a, a style. Let's say. Well, but but the fact is, is that the 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 system, European system, mm. whatever you want to call it, is so entrenched in the sport already mm. that to to change it to the other system, it doesn't really make any sense. Um, you know, in America, as an example, we use American system as the example. You have just like it's 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 accepted the way that it works for better or worse. Like obviously, we as football mm-hmm. fans would consider the the pyramid structure as as it's being called as like the better way mm-hmm. because it allows you know it allows all the teams from the tippy top of the tower down to the grassroots of football, a chance to move up and down. Yeah. And thus, with promotion and relegation, that that is, in a sense, what makes the leagues worthwhile, outside of purely the spectacle of sport, right? Yeah. Because when, first of all, when this whole Super League idea was being put about, I, whether I misunderstood or was, or whether it was, which was not the case at the time. I understood it more in a sense of the teams kind of seceding from their own leagues, mm, mm. their domestic leagues, and forming this completely separate entity. Um, so Man United, Man City, Liverpool wouldn't be anymore mm-hmm. in the Premier League. The Premier League would almost become the the first division to the Super League. Yeah. And maybe your English teams would be promoted relegated that way or something like that. Yeah. But as you say, it's it's much more about um, g- gatekeeping in a very literal sense, mm-hmm. um, and having um, a guarantee of uh, money and guarantee of European competition without any need or any reason to compete to earn that spot. You know, so that's what's being taken out of the, out of. Um, the equation is the fact to, to earn your spot in the European Champions League, Super League, whatever you want to call it, mm. and just have a guaranteed, from a business sense, a guaranteed kind of income and a guaranteed um, cash flow mm. as a, you know, in regards to the money that comes from European. And you, you also hear it in a lot of like sponsorship deals and so on. There's often clauses, right? They have to qualify for the Champions League over a number of years and this and yeah. that. But like as as we Joe and I said before we started recording, I'm watching Liverpool and Leeds. I say watching, not really watching it, but I have it on in the background. But like, what's the fucking point of Liverpool Leeds anymore? What's the point of anything in the Premier League? Yeah. Anymore, like part of the appeal of the Premier League isn't just you you reach day thirty eight and someone lifts the trophy. Mm. There's multiple sub. Uh, storylines or whatever you want to call them. There's there's the the relegation battle. Obviously, there's the top four, top six, depending on mm-hmm. Europa League spots as well. Um, so to take that out of um, consideration for how the, the league works, if if the top four suddenly is meaningless, what's the point of the Premier League anymore? Like that. That's to me the thing that really. Um, 
turns me off the idea. Of course, you know, um, the the points that you were making, Joe, about greed and um, taking it away from the the fans and the history of the club is all legitimate and is all true. But speaking purely from a spectator point of view, because mm-hmm. you know, I I uh, being a fan from outside of the country let's say i'm mm-hmm. a foreign fan mm-hmm. i've only been to one game in my entire lifetime one one man united game at old trafford um so i kind of come to the sport purely from a, a kind of watch on tv point of view um and again i don't mean to understate the importance of of, of your points i just think they they're more applicable to you than they are to me mm-hmm. i agree with them and i i you know, I, I'm there as well, but for me, um, you know, I come to it all also from a point of view of like, okay, the thing that I'm watching, what's what is the real allure of the sport outside of goals being scored and the big the big match of the weekend? What is the big match of the weekend anymore? If ultimately it doesn't mean anything, if ultimately it's uh, an opportunity, if Man City and Man United goes from being you know title contender qualify for Europe contender match into uh, rest your players you have Inter on Wednesday mm. you know well, just, it, yeah, it becomes the League Cup basically they will treat it like the League Cup they'll play their B teams they won't give a shit and it'll be pointing that's why they can't they cannot be in both they can't be in the Premier League and the Super League it's just not right. work having them in both um, it'll be it would be ludicrous and so I would happily see them all thrown out <laughs> as soon as possible, they shouldn't be in the league, Premier League next season. Absolutely, right. Even if they well, there has to be some sort of sanction, surely, right? There, you you'd think so, or there needs to be some kind of overhaul of how the game is managed. I mean, that's been true for decades, <laughs> anyway. You know, we know UEFA is full of corruption. We know FIFA's full of corruption. We know the local FAs a lot of problems in, in how things are managed. Right. Um, yes. There should have been definitely reform before now and there hasn't been and we and we know and, and i've seen a lot of like really stupid tweets from people who think they're you know intellectual going mm, but uefa are corrupt money's been in football for ages it's like mm, yes you're right so something getting worse just because it was already bad you shouldn't care or you shouldn't you shouldn't right. try and stop it like i've won i i think a lot of fans wanted football to you know, go back and, and, and rewind and reverse some of these changes already. You know, I know United want, want the Glazers out, basically, since they joined. Yeah. Like the last 15 years, they've been sitting there on their big, fat, disgusting, sweaty asses, like big leeches, just... Yeah, sucking on the teeth of the club. Sucking money out of the club and putting absolutely nothing in. They are gross and disgusting. Um... But then what, you know, what can fans do? They tried when they when they took over, they set up, you know, there was the Manchester United Supporters Trust, which I, you know, signed yeah. up to. There were protests, there were a lot of noise. But ultimately, what, you know, they don't have that power. Like with most big corporations, there's very little as an individual you can do because democratic structures don't mean anything anymore. What are you going to do? Write your MP? Right. What are they going to do? Absolutely fuck. Well, that's what Gary Neville has been asking people to well, do. Well, I know. Uh, this is what this is what should happen, but, you know, I don't think politicians have that power. They're, they're just, you know, in the face of, of this kind of global corporation. So anyway, right. 
it's not a case of, oh, everything was perfect and now they're ruining it. It was like, well, it was already going the wrong way and now it's leapt ahead. It's gone from shit to turbo shit. Um, And something kind of really needs to, shit needs to hit the fan now. I think this is where things need to change. Um, It needs to be a case where I think like the clubs are almost made valueless somehow you know what i mean like if you just yeah if united weren't allowed to play football anymore if they were banned from holding football games or something then suddenly the club right. worth nothing because they can't actually have the games it's that kind of level that i think we need to get to well i mean they would be worth nothing outside of they obviously would still be able to have matches in this super league the super league would become the league then. well yeah but where would they have where would they have the matches you know what i mean like if you could if they literally couldn't play ufc fight island <laughs> i don't know <laughs> Thunderdome. They just have screens of fans being told when to cheer, when not to cheer. Um, right. Yeah, and it is. It's interesting, actually, similar to WWE and UFC as well. I think in that UFC is you know contrasts with boxing, and then that's a kind of closed shop as well. All the fighters right. are under contract to UFC. Um, they're told when to fight. UFC makes the fights. It's not like boxing, where it's a bit more of a wild west kind of. You know, different promoters just just negotiating and making matches, which I think is you know infinitely more kind of interesting, and you get to see the the fights you really want to see. Whereas often that doesn't happen in, in something like UFC. Um, the other the other kind of interesting element is when we you, know, you mentioned the comparison with American sports. What American sports have is also very different way of recruiting players and yeah. you know salaries and everything like that. They have the draft salary caps and drafts, drafts yeah. draft picks, and all that kind of stuff. How is that going to work with the Super League? Because what what you can see happening is the bigger clubs in the Super League with the more money are going to cherry pick all the players from your Leicesters, your West Ham's, your Portos. I mean, they do already, but it's just going to be 10 times worse. There's no limit. It'll be worse because there'll be a a, a bigger inequality of Mm. kind of financial resources. Exactly. And that's just going to be bad. Bad for the game all round. Bad for the players because they're just going to get stockpiled like they're... NXT wrestlers, you know, they're going to sit there and never play, but they sure. people because the, the rich club wants them. Right. Um, so, yeah, and I think there's also, you look at some of the clubs that are in there, you know, <laughs> Tottenham. Spurs, what are you doing here? Uh, <laughs> but I love from a Spurs fan point of view, you're going to get beaten nine times mm. in this little league? Like, what? <laughs> What's the point? What's the appeal there? It's yeah, it's it's clubs know. that have failed to succeed in an open kind of market, like Spurs, like Arsenal, like AC Milan. Um, you know they've not succeeded. You know right. even Bar- you can Barcelona, they're in like a billion euros of debt. <laughs> of the- yeah, well that's that's their that's almost like their um, incentive for doing this. Yeah, it's desperate. Really, like desperation exactly themselves inter milan i believe aren't doing too well financially either no, no. um but barcelona especially they're like a billion euro yeah, in debt yeah but then they also have Lionel messi on the biggest contract in world football mm-hmm. mm. um so if this super league does go ahead you're gonna have what you're gonna have declan rice on Lionel messi's contract hope so. equivalent like hope so. um yeah i i would be hopeful that this doesn't ultimately happen only insofar as like, okay, we, we've never seen a power play like mm. this before in football in the 140 years, mm. the majority of teams have been about, excuse me, but we've also never seen 
uh, a kind of global outrage at anything in football on the level that we're seeing. Um, everyone is coming out against the idea. Um, Jurgen Klopp, just before the match, although he wasn't like a super aggressive about it, made a comment that he's still he's not in favor of it. Mm-hmm. Although, I, I, you know, understandably, I, I don't expect many players who play for the teams involved to come out against it, only insofar as I'm sure contractually they have certain things that they need to just be quiet about. Um, mm. In terms of speaking out against the club, uh, I'm sure there could be sanctions against them. Although, UEFA had a press conference today and they came out and said anyone who's involved is going to be banned from like the World Cup and the mm. European. And, and in, to me, that's <laughs> that's a real uh, a real issue for the players and surely the players are going to have well, also, yeah, the, the players, you know, you grow up, like when I was a kid, obviously you think, oh yeah, I'd love to be a footballer, I dream of being a footballer, playing for Man United, England, etc. Yeah. And you want to win the Premier League, you want to win the Champions League, you know, the FA Cup, the World Cup. The yeah. players grow up dreaming of winning, winning the European Super League trophy uh, presented by uh, Gazprom uh, and Pepsi. <laughs> you know, the Pepsi Challenge right. um, Super League. No. So is there still, you know, what's the incentive for them? Like, obviously, you know, money's part of it, but we know a lot of those players, they want to win. They're, yeah. com- they're competitors, they're athletes. They want, they're not they're entertainers. They're not uh, professional wrestlers. Sure. Um, it's real. <laughs> it's real sport. They want to win. It's still real to me, damn it. You know, and so are they going to go, oh, I don't want to win that. I want to win, you know, the Champions League, I want to win the Premier League. That's that's what means something to me and to the people I, you know, care about, the community and everything. So yeah. I don't know. But then, then there's an asterisk on that as well, insofar as, okay, number one, the players, the managers, the staff, how much of a say, if at all, do they have in what ultimately their careers will do? You know, UEFA seems to be, their, their um, approach seems to be to punish the players who are involved. I'm sure the players have no fucking say in it. They're under yeah. a contract in Manchester City, whatever competition Manchester City are in, as per their you know, chairman or CEO or owners who or whoever are deciding this kind of thing. It's going to be taken out on the players to, to some extent, uh, for sure. And then also, if players are then going to um, be leaving the clubs, you know, they're, they're either going to stay at the clubs, if this goes ahead, they're going to stay at the mm-hmm. clubs on giant contracts and win, the, yeah, this, this made-up competition. Or they're going to win then, they're going to leave and win the Champions League, but it's the Champions League without the top teams, aside from your Paris Saint-Germain, Bayern Munich, you know? Yeah. So even even on that side, you have, yeah, you won the Champions League, but you won the Champions League without the mm. teams in it, you know? So both leagues are almost lesser for it. Well, they could go back to the old-style Champions League, where it's the actual champions of each league, <laughs> and then... Well, UEFA seem to be going the different. Well, they, they want more and more teams in this every year. The whole, I mean, the the changes they announced, UEFA announced today. I mean, that would have been absolutely horrendous on its own. I don't know if you've seen it, but it's now it's like one yeah. one big league and the top eight from the yeah. It's got part. three more matches a season. Everyone team, playing, like, yeah, yeah, at least eight matches or something, and then. Oh, it's, it's absolutely disgusting. I mean, that would be a terrible news story if it hadn't been eclipsed by the Super League. And it's that's the yeah. thing. They've, you have made these changes to basically give these clubs what they want, to give them the guaranteed income and the, the platform. And it, wasn't like, it still wasn't enough. They've still gone, hmm, 
no, I think we can squeeze out a little bit more profit for, for ourselves. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, that's what it comes down to, is these greedy fat cats lining yeah. their pockets. It, it was a very WWE move in a week where WWE have fired 10 more people or so yeah. um, for budget, for budgetary reasons, according to John Laurinaitis, yeah. allegedly. Uh, coming out, coming off a year where they've had their, their most profitable year ever. Um, sure, look at uh, and then also Jose Mourinho got fired anyway. More about that tomorrow, <laughs> <laughs> so we'll leave it there for the footy talk. And now back to your regularly scheduled podcast. 